I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Today, I speak with serial entrepreneur Terri Ann Richards, who describes herself as a lifelong rebel. Terri Ann has bought, sold, and partnered in over eight companies. She shares her authentic journey through the lens of business. Terri Ann talks about her mistakes and how her ego played into them. She also shares when she began to pivot in her life. She talks about the hard lessons she has learned and what road she is on now, both personally and professionally. This episode focuses on self-awareness. Welcome, Terri Ann Richards, to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you so much, Dana. I'm really excited to be here. I, I'm happy to have this conversation with you because I've known you for a little while now, but my first memory of you was when you were this young whippersnapper and we met years ago at, um, uh, it was at a coffee company here in town and... Um, it was a networking meeting where a bunch of women would come together, I don't know, once a month. And you were kind of like the one to watch. And you were probably mid-20s at the time or so. And you were a vibrant young woman with big plans and big business dreams. And you were inspiring. I think you were inspiring to a lot of the younger women. You were inspiring to the older women. And um, you call yourself a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur. You've been in business for 15-plus years. And, you know, a graduate of the Wallace McCain Institute as well. And where did your drive to be in business at a young age come from? You know what? That's a really good question. Um, I think my drive came out of a out of a need. In all reality, I mean, obviously, you know, but your audience may not know uh, a little bit about my backstory. Uh, I was sixteen when I got pregnant for uh, my daughter, seventeen when I had her, uh, and ended up on social assistance. And my mother had raised me that, you know, you work hard for for what you are, work hard for what you're going to be. Um, and you don't sit idle for too long. So in my DNA, in my in my blood, was not going to allow me to sit on social assistance for very long. So I, I quickly went out and, you know, tried to get work and uh, worked at some call centers. Um, but the reality of it was the call center life, the nine to five types of positions that I was getting didn't have the flexibility that allowed a single mother to be there for her daughter, right? So mm -hmm. I was getting calls from the daycare saying, you know, she had a fever or, you know, potentially a sitter was calling and saying that they needed to leave early. Uh, and that just wasn't flying uh, with my employers. And so it was about that time that I actually was introduced to uh, Mary Kay, actually. Uh, so that would have been sort of my first taste as an adult uh, in entrepreneurship, if you will. Um, and I quickly, you know, rose through the ranks, um, you know, with Mary Kay and was able to make much more money than I was making you know, in my job. Right. Um, and I guess that was really just the catalyst for me to realize that, you know, I could provide for my daughter and have the flexibility that I needed to be, you know, present in her life and to be a good mom as a single mother at that young of an age through entrepreneurship. Um, you know, so that was 18 years old. I'm 36 now. Um, I've had the pleasure of owning and operating eight different companies uh, over the years. Uh, after my stint with Mary Kay, I actually opened a real company, you know, a company that was uh, licensed under my name. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually was uh, Valley Words of Wisdom Decor. 
and that was a company that I had uh, created um, again just out of a, out of a need. I really loved wall talk back in the day. If you can remember, like when people yes. were putting quotes all over their walls. Um, and at the time, when I would go out and, and purchase these quotes, they were in black and they were in really boring fonts. And I thought, well, geez, why don't they have like scripty fonts and fun fonts and why don't they have colors? Um, and so I learned, I literally taught myself how to do graphic design, uh, went out and bought all the equipment and uh, from the basement of my house created a sign company uh, that quickly grew. And I started wholesaling to uh, retail stores across Atlantic Canada um, and. Uh, you know, and then I moved over to commercial because I realized there was a lot of uh, revenue to be had in the commercial side um, and so on and so forth. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, business has taught me a, a few things, but, you know, if you will for it, it will happen. Mm. Um, and there's always an opportunity in front of you. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been a, it's been a hoop. It's been really fun. Mm. What did you like about being in business? Hmm. Um, what did I like and what do I still like? Yeah, you know, well, I like, yeah. I like the flexibility. I like that the world is my oyster. Mm. Um, I enjoy the, the ability to sort of dream up an idea and then watch it come to fruition, um, you know, based on, you know, working hard at it every day. I love the impact that I have. Uh, the ability to make on the people that I serve. And, you know, and that goes back to any of the businesses that I have had. Um, each and every one of them, I've had the honor either to make impact through, you know, the people that were my customers or through the staff that I employed. Uh, and, and business just has taught me so much about myself. You know, business has really pushed me, um, you know, through the ranks of my own personal development. It, it's allowed me to you know, meet amazing people like yourself, Dana, and, you know, just have these opportunities that I just don't think a girl like me who did not go to university, who had a baby at 17 and was on social assistance, I just do not believe at all that I would have had the opportunities that I've had, um, you know, at my still young age. Uh, I wouldn't have had it if I didn't, uh, if I didn't go into business for myself. Mm. And and you, you're pretty open about... You you know, your your background and ha having, you said, getting pregnant at an early age and then having those difficulties. And I read that you, you spent your 20s, that you got caught up in proving them wrong. You know, who was them or who were you trying to prove to the world that you were worthy? <laughs> you know, I think we've all had our, our hardships and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of folks, when you talk to them, a lot of the, you know, the pain and suffering that most people have had to go through has happened in their your, their youth, right? Their younger yes. years. Um, you know, I was raised in a, um, I guess, a dysfunctional family. Um, I don't think most people who taught me or worked with me as a youth would have thought that I would become who I am today. I mm -hmm. think there were a few, um, but for the most part, you know, teachers and, uh, you know, principals alike um, definitely thought that I was going to be in, in the bottom few, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, having a daughter at that age, people sort of sum up who you're going to be and what you're going to become because, you know, the statistics don't lie, I guess. Uh, and so I just very, very firmly, very vehemently decided when I chose to keep my daughter that I was going to prove them all wrong. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the great part of that is it forced me and pushed me to, you know, really hustle and, 
you know, through blood, sweat and tears, uh, get through the the hurdle of, you know, being a single mom and, and being, you know, the typical statistic on social assistance. You know, once I got to the other side of that, I forgot to stop and just kind of breathe, right? Mm. Like, I forgot to embrace the fact that I made it. And instead, I just kept the grind going, I kept the hustle going, and I kind of let my ego get in the way. Um, And so in my 20s, you know, even actually around the time when you met me, I was kind of coming into my peak of, you know, knowing who I was, I wasn't afraid of risk, Um, you know, I was definitely becoming a known, you know, entity in Mm -hmm. in the entrepreneurial community. Um, But I let it get bigger than me and uh and I didn't stop to to just embrace the who I was and Mm. so because of that um there was a lot of hurt and pain that came out of my 20s you know I had uh you know relationship failures and I had uh business failures because I was too you know I got too big for my britches (laughs) (laughs) and uh and I allowed it to kind of consume me um versus allowing it to just be the thing that I did, but not be the thing that made me who I am. Mm. Yeah, because you you were you had said that you know when you were trying to prove other people wrong, you forgot to figure out who I was, and I assume that's where you know the ego sort of stepped in and caused some hurt for you. Um, what was there a point of awakening, or, or like how how did you know like in your mid twenties you were starting to figure yourself out? Like what what were you starting to know? I think for me, um, you know. I can't really pinpoint the the moment where Mm -hmm. I recognized that things were starting to go away, but I'm going to assume a little bit after my bankruptcy. I think I went bankrupt when I was 26. Uh, You know, I had created this uh, retail store, uh, then grew it to two stores and grew it to a wellness center. I started a publishing house and had my own magazine. Um, And... You know, at that time, I had no processes in my business, no checkpoints. Um, I just kind of allowed the business to just get to this point that it was so huge. And I had no foundational work put into it to say, okay, here's where the money's going. Here's where the money's not going. Here's when staff were checking in. Here's when staff was checking out. Um, I was working, geez, 75, 85 hours a week. I had two young kids. Uh, I was married and uh, to a lovely man. And uh, and then it just all started to crash around me. You know, one by one, it was suppliers were calling and saying they weren't paid. And, you know, staff from, from one store was calling and saying staff from the other store didn't show up. Uh, I was getting calls saying uh, the store was closed early because, you know, my staff decided that they were going to take a day off and, and not tell me about it. And, you know, one of my stores was in St. Andrews. And, and you know, if you've ever been to St. Andrews, New Brunswick, it's open <laughs> six months of the year. And you make all of your money in that six months. My St. Andrews store was my cash cow. Mm. And uh, just, just a lot of mistakes I had made because... I had had so many successes previous to that business that I just kind of thought I knew what I was doing. Mm. 
and I wasn't willing to take advice. Uh, you know, I remember bookkeepers and accountants, you know, trying to say, you know, hey, let's do this, let's do that. I remember business mentors, people I loved and trusted and, and you know, not in a mean way, not in a rude way, but I would just respond with like, you know, I got this. I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Uh, and the reality of it was is sort of like it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. It was no one big thing. It was just a thousand little things that I didn't do or I didn't tweak and change like I should have right. uh, and you know the whole thing just sort of crashed around me and the worst of it was is when I had it all said and done I turned around and looked back to my family and I had sort of let that start to crash and burn too and it was I think that was the moment where I started to have my own awakening is like you know what what is all this for if at the right. end of the day it was to prove them that I could do it if at the end of the day it was to ensure my daughter always knew that if you worked hard enough you could have a great life and a great family too what did I have to show for it right mm. I didn't have the great family because I had not spent the time and energy in uh, you know, taking care of it and, you know, caring for it. And I didn't have the great business because I didn't put the checkpoints in place and, and I allowed my head to get too big and I didn't take the advice. Mm. You know, they say if you want to get somewhere, just find somebody else who's done it before successfully. Well, I had tons of mentors around me that had done it before successfully. And I chose, and, and I think that's the key point, is I chose to ignore their advice and their mentorship because I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm. And is that just the young ego? Is that the um, just not wanting to listen? Or I guess maybe just, you, you maybe like you said, you'd had the successes, so you thought that's what would carry you through to the next time? You know, I think one could say it is the young ego, but I think the reality of it is, you know, especially now in my coaching realm, I meet people who are in their 50s and 60s that, you know, think they have all the answers. And, and I think... I think it's just ego in general. I think it's not, it's not embracing the fact that, you know, I think you need to be excited and, you know, you give, you need to give your, yourself a, a pat on the back for all the successes that you've had in your life. But I think we need to also recognize that no one human has it all together. No one human knows all of the answers. And, you know, every day it's sort of a, there's a new trial going on and, and all of the life experiences that I have previous to today, yeah, they help me and they get me to where I need to go. But there's a whole host of other individuals out there and other resources out there that you have the ability to lean on. And I think to be able to do that, you need to be able to be open and vulnerable and courageous, right? Like I thought living in my ego made me tough and strong and confident. And the reality was, is it actually made me weaker, mm -hmm. right? I think by being vulnerable and by saying to somebody, hey, I don't know the answer or what do you think about this? Or, you know, I'm having a bad day. I think that is where true strength in, in business and in life comes from. Um, and unfortunately, I had to learn those skills the hard way. Mm. Do you feel like, where would you say you are now on your authentic journey at 36? You've had lots of business of experience. Obviously, you've learned lots of lessons. How would you describe where you are right now? You know, I think it's a struggle every day, Dana. Um, mm. You know, I just I just launched my podcast today. Yeah. And uh, for the last year and a bit, I've sat with this idea. I've, you know, done the graphics and bought the Yeti mic <laughs> and, and had it all basically ready to go. 
but I sat in fear for a bit about putting my authentic voice out there for the world to view and judge. Mm. So I think every day is a challenge. It's a journey. I definitely think I show up a heck of a lot more as my authentic self today than I did 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I know that. Um, but I'm also okay with that, whereas before, I guess, maybe I wasn't. Um, and I, I know what I'm, I know what's important now, right? Like I have my priorities in check, you know, and I, I've, I've figured out how to have a business that's successful and profitable, but not sacrifice, you know, the things that I love. Mm. Uh, and those would be my family and, you know, my self care for myself. I never took care of myself before. I didn't prioritize my family before um, because I thought you know that would make me weak in business but the reality of it is is you get to choose so I I think today I wake up every day and I get to choose where I'm going to spend my time where I'm going to spend my energy and for that um, you know I'm internal I'm I'm eternally grateful for the lessons that I had to go through Mm. Um, I wouldn't have it have done it any other way for that reason because I I very strongly stick to my boundaries now where I didn't before. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And it, awakening is a process, isn't it? It's always, um, it's like you say, it's never one point in time. It's, it's a continuous unfolding. And uh, imagine where you'll be 10 years from now. Oh my goodness. I hope I'm on like a, like a beach. I, I, I'm, I'm sure like most people would say like a beach in Maui. I just want to yeah, say that, but really yeah. I just want to be able to uh, be there for my family 10 years from now and traveling the world and making massive impact on the, you know, the people that I serve. Yes. Uh, I think that would be the best life. And I think it also would be the the biggest legacy that I could leave behind. Mm. Um, you've just said that you, you know, you did come from a family of dysfunction, you know, some difficult circumstances and many people lack direction from their families, whether it's difficult circumstances or not. People just don't know how to coach, guide or mentor, you know, their children or people in their family. So what advice would you impart to someone who's wanting to find direction in their life? A good question to find direction in your life. You know, I think it really just starts, uh, down with, you know, what's, what's your one big thing? What's your why? What do you want to be remembered for? And I think mm. that goes for just about anybody. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, and I, you know, I've read the articles of, you know, individuals on their deathbed. It's, you know, what are the things that they regret? I think, you know, it's hard to live a life without regrets, but I think you're supposed to get to the end of the line with as the least amount as possible. Yeah. So my advice for anybody who's just trying to figure out what's next, I think they need to figure out what they want to stand for. Like, what's what's your one big thing? What what are you wanting to be remembered for? What do you want your kids to remember you for? What do you want your community to remember you for? And I think if you start with that, it takes everything else out of the way. It kind of puts like this shiny, bright dot in front of you, and it allows you to create a path that ensures that you're going to be proud of the life that you lived. Um, I I call it your core beacon system. It's kind of like a GPS. Like Mm -hmm. if you know what you stand for, you also then know what you don't stand for. And Mm -hmm. so it makes it really easy to say yes to things. It also makes it super easy to say no to things. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a real clear trajectory of how you're going to run your weeks, how you're going to run your months, and how you're going to run your year, all in an effort to get to that space of here's what I stand for and here's what you're going to remember me for. What advice would you give your younger self? Ooh. 
I would say love yourself. Mm. You know, I think when it all kind of came to a head for me after, you know, losing the business and then ultimately going through my divorce, uh, I think if I were to look back, it just all comes down to just loving yourself. If you love yourself and you love everything about who you are and what you stand for and you love, you know, all the flaws as well, you're not going to focus on what the external war- world thinks of you. You're not going to worry about proving them wrong. You're not going to worry about getting people to like you or love you or being, you know, the, the best or most successful human in the room. You're just going to love yourself regardless, and you're going to work really hard at fulfilling your dreams and your destiny and your goals without the influence of what the external world thinks of you. So mm-hmm. if I was speaking to like a libertarian, <laughs> I would say just love yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, my life would have been a lot different. Mm. What what correlation is there between um, knowing yourself and success in life or business? I just think it makes it easier. You know, I think that there's a ton of people who are out there right now that are just, you know, in the hamster wheel of life. And, you know, some of us from the outside could look in and say, um, you know, that they're successful and, you know, maybe they look from the outside looking in that they have a great life. But I think you can go so much further in life based on your determination of what success is. And I think I need to be really clear uh, because society has certainly painted a picture of what you know success is supposed to look like. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's extremely different for all of us. You know, success for some might be, you know, being a best-selling author and having a million dollars in the bank account. Success for another is having a healthy, happy family, right? Like mm-hmm. success is different for everybody. But I think if you love yourself at, at, at your core and for all that you are, success for you will just become easier. You won't get stuck in the, you know, what have you said before, the stinking thinking, right? Like you won't get stuck in that space because you're doing things on purpose because of your purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know you've talked about kindness a lot. I've seen you post about it a lot. You seem to be adamant about it. You yes. know, what What did the power of kindness unlock in you or why are you so adamant about it? Well, because I I honestly think there's a a distinct difference between being kind and being nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I see, you know, probably more so in the female gender than the male. Uh, But everybody's just trying to be nice. You know, nobody wants to offend anybody. Nobody wants to hurt anyone's feeling. Uh, But by being nice, you're doing everything for everybody else and you're forgetting about yourself. Mm -hmm. But when you show up in your authentic self, and I, I believe at my core that people are good, right? Like mm-hmm. I believe that 99.9% of the population are actually good, kind people trying to fit into this crazy world by being nice. Mm. And I think when you're nice, you have a lot of resentment. But I think if you show up in your authentic self and you're courteous and you're compassionate and you're kind man, you'll have stronger connections. Again, you'll love yourself more. You'll have way more success than the folks that are out there being nice. And I just think it makes the world a heck of a lot easier and a better place to live in. Like when you look on the in the news, I don't watch the news very often, um, but if you were to watch the news or scroll through social media, there's a heck of a lot of things that are happening in the world that are bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you just kind of, Strip it all down. At the end of the day, if people just showed up 
they were their self, they were kind, this world would be that much better of a place and people would be that much more happy. So I believe at my core that kindness is the answer, and uh, but it is different than being nice. Mm, I like that distinction. I think you're, I think you're right on that. Um, what lesson has been the hardest for you to learn, do you think? I think there's been a few. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to um, share any insight on those? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think for me... Uh, being vulnerable it was really hard for me mm-hmm. um it still actually is yeah. it's um it's something that i'm still working on but you know if i look back in my early 20s i had a much more and i mean you can probably remember this about me like i came off a little bit more masculine than feminine right because i felt like tears and hugging and showing emotion were weak and if i showed weakness it would show basically my cards to people mm-hmm. and they would be able to get me and you know and that has a lot to do with my upbringing sure. and you know some of the past training that i suppose i had uh, but it's been like the hardest life lesson i've ever had is in you know showing up and trusting people and telling people what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and, you know, expressing when I'm hurt and hugging. You know, when I first met you, I wasn't a hugger. I still remember like going to those networking meetings and all these women wanting to hug. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? Why do they want to hug each other? That is not normal stuff. But yeah. <laughs> but now today, if you brought me to a networking function, I want to hug everybody, right? But right. Um, so it, it's definitely been the hardest lesson. It's just showing up and being vulnerable and being okay with not knowing all the answers, asking for help. Uh, and it's still, it's still quite the journey for me. Mm. Mm, I like that. What have you learned about the power of being yourself? You know yourself more, you, oh. you own it, you're, and you, you just said a few minutes ago, you go, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So what, what have you learned about the power of being you? You know, the power of being me is it's way easier, you know, just to show up as myself and dress the way I want to dress and speak the way I want to speak and and do what I want to do. It's a heck of a lot easier than trying to fit into the box of what anyone else expects of Mm me. Uh, You know, but I think the most valuable thing I've learned and, you know, I actually just learned this over the last year is by showing up as myself, I have better and stronger relationships with people Mm. because I'm not trying to fit into, you know, you know, to be Dana's friend and Dana says to be my friend, you have to be X, Y, Z. Right. And Mm. then trying to fit into that, but not feeling like I was being myself. Mm. Um, I now show up every day as myself and I just feel like I have such amazing relationships with, you know, my peers and my friends and my business partners and my children. And it's just, it's so much easier. I just feel lighter on my feet Mm. and uh, so much more joyful. Yes. Yeah. The power of authenticity, right? It's a, you're right. You don't have to worry about who likes you or who, who does, who doesn't, if you love yourself and know and like yourself and how you're Well, that's right. Up. But I think, you know, the other side of it is, is you, you got to get comfortable with people not liking you too. And I think that <laughs> that's the hard lesson. Yeah. Right. Like to, to wake up and, and realize that something you said or something you did, you know, it rubs somebody the wrong way. And I think, again, if you show up as your authentic self, 
you got to just be okay with the fact that every once in a while, someone's not going to agree with you. And that's okay because they're entitled to their opinion mm. and you're entitled to yours. Mm. And and that's a great statement. How do you, how do people get over people not liking them? Cause that's a big thing. It's a big thing with women um, wanting people to like you. And, and it's hard to be comfortable knowing people don't like you or the way you show up. Like what has your experience been or what insight do you have to share on, on moving through that, being okay with it. So for for me specifically, I I use the word perspective. So mm-hmm. I like to look at it from if somebody doesn't like what I said or you know likes the way that I do something, it doesn't actually mean they don't like me. They just don't like what I stand for. And I think all too often in you know especially with females, but in business, we take everything personally right Mm -hmm. like if someone doesn't agree with our comment or our stance on a specific topic then it means we're fighting right like that we're having an argument but the reality is is it's just perspective right like everything that you believe in as of right now is because of every experience that you've had to date, every conversation you've had to date, every podcast you've listened to, every every book you've read has taught you a bunch of life lessons and you now have a perspective on the way that you look at the world. Well, the same is true for me and the same is true for everybody else. So I try not to take it personal, even when other people try to make it personal because not everybody has that that way of looking at the world right i look at the world that way um my hope would be is that people can start understanding that it's just a perspective it doesn't have to be personal and i don't need i don't even need my friends to agree with everything i'm doing or to agree with the way that i look at the world right like you can still be in relationship with people and look at the world differently you just have to respect that they have a different perspective Mm. Mm. yeah perspective there's power in perspective that's for sure And, and has being in business helped you with separating the people liking you and not taking anything personally because it is a it's a great concept don't take anything personally it's one of the four agreements in that book by don um miguel riaz and I always loved that. But has business helped you not take things personally? Because it you know, sometimes you, it's a project and you're going to have different points of view. I would say 100% yes, right? Like, you know, having the businesses that I've had, um, going through failures, you know, being inducted into the Wallace McCain Institute and uh, as well as the 21 Leaders Group, uh, I've been blessed to be in rooms with multiple personalities that I would say are A-type personalities, right? Like typical entrepreneurs, high achievers, all have a different perspective. And I think what it's done is it's just thickened my skin and it's taught me that it's okay to have varying opinions it's okay to have a debate like an intense passionate debate about a topic that you're both excited about and still walk away and go have a glass of wine afterwards Mm. like it doesn't mean we're fighting it doesn't mean that you don't like me and I don't like you so I would say 100% being in business you know sitting in in boardrooms being a part of these leadership groups have taught me that it's okay to have a different perspective than other people and you don't need to agree with everybody Mm. I'd actually say that if you're in a room and you're always agreeing you're probably in the wrong room Mm, right yeah yes it's very rare that you (laughs) step into a room where there's total agreement that that people then are maybe being nice or not telling the truth or or what what they really want to say 
Absolutely. So, I've yeah. sat on boards where, you know, after a few months of being on the board, I've left the board because everybody is always agreeing. And that right. means we're never put, like we're never moving anything forward. We're just yeah. sitting on a board, not taking massive action and, and, and making improvements. It's not until people get into a couple conflicts and 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 again, like kind professional conflict where they're having a debate and having a conversation about something they disagree on where all of a sudden real change starts to happen. Mm, true. I know in addition to uh, being a, uh, a lifelong rebel, you're also a lifelong learner. <laughs> and I was curious if there are any of your favorite books you'd recommend or that had impact on you. Are there any that stand out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Success Principles by um, Jack Canfield. I think I've read that about seven times. Mm -hmm. I'm probably due to read it again. Um, that completely changed my life because it's just, it, again, it's he writes very simply. Mm. And it was just very easy, actionable steps that I could take to improve, again, my perspective, the way that I was showing up in the world, my habits, uh, to put me on the path to success. Uh, and then... You know, number two for me would be Choice Theory uh, mm -hmm. by William Glasser. That book, again, another book that I've probably read about four or five times. Uh, I'm now certified in Choice Theory, and I believe that has helped to shape the way that, you know, I show up as my authentic self and, and how I allow everybody around me to show up as their authentic self. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the power in you and I is how we show up in our authentic beings right mm -hmm. if you tried to show up as anything but dana i wouldn't get to level up who i am today by spending my time with you mm -hmm. right but the fact that you're showing up right now as yourself i'm going to leave this conversation that much more wiser because there's always nuggets in conversations with people who show up as themselves mm. so true so true is there a philosophy that you live by mm. Is there something that's a, that you... That's a good question. That's like a stumping question. Yeah. A philosophy that I live by. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a small question. Just a small, <laughs> or an idea. Small question. <laughs> I know there's probably a lot you know of philosophy. I don't know if it's a philosophy, but, you know, I, I think it's just, just do. Like, do what you want to do when you want to do it. I, mm. I, I think that rebellious side of me is, you know, always there. I mean... I believe that you should always be, you know, I, I, I love bucket lists, but I kind of hate them at the same time because most people put a bucket list in place and then they think, okay, when I get to the end, like when I retire or whatever, that's when I'm going to do these things. Um, I created a bucket list years ago and my goal is to knock four things off every year. And without fail, every year I have knocked four things off, like jumping out of an airplane and publishing a book and like crazy big dreams of mine that I was able to accomplish because this list is literally at the whiteboard in my bedroom. I'll take a photo and send it to you. <laughs> and this list is there in front of me every day that I look at it. And it reminds me that I am in the driver's seat of my life, that I don't have to wait till I'm older to accomplish all these great things, that I can plan for them now and I can accomplish them now because I'm not guaranteed to be here when I'm 55 and 60. Mm. I'm only guaranteed right now. Mm. You're so filled with passion and determination. How do you sustain that? What, what drives you now? Oh, I would say impact. For me, you know, they say, 
if you're going to do something you love, typically, especially for a coach, you're typically teaching people who you used to be, right? Like I <laughs> love what I do now because every day I get to wake up and I get to work with women who are making massive impact on this, you know, this global planet, massive impact in their community, but they are afraid of growing a business and sacrificing the life they love, right? Mm. They, they're, they're afraid of missing out on their children's soccer game. They're afraid that if they grow too big, they won't be around for uh, their spouse. They're afraid that if they grow too big, they'll lose themselves. Mm. And because I've been there and done that, I now get to take all the mistakes that I made and teach these women and empower these women and help them set up processes in their businesses that helps them to not make the same mistakes that I made. Mm. And for me, that's what makes it all worth it, right? Like to go through a bankruptcy and, you know, to lose everything and to, to, you know, lose my marriage and all of these things, it was ridiculously hard to go through. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy I learned the lessons and that I wouldn't make those same mistakes again. But the reality is, is now I get to ensure that other people don't make those same mistakes too. And for me, like that's, that's the ooey gooey, like that's the mm. goosies on the gooseys. Yeah. Like, that gets me excited. Mm. I can hear it. <laughs> so can you just speak to your business? You just alluded to what you do and help people. So what is your company name? What do you do? Oh, yeah. Uh, so my company is Balance Equation Coaching and Consulting. And I work with high impact service based female entrepreneurs on growing a profitable business without sacrificing the life they love. And I do that through one on one coaching, group coaching, and as well, I do some consulting within organizations that have uh, teams of 10 or more. Um, absolutely love what I do. And uh, it, it I feel like I don't work, I guess, at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Mm -hmm. That's the best kind of day. And you also wrote a book, the name of it? Yes, I wrote a book called Why I Divorced My Husband. And uh, this book is not what you think, folks. It literally <laughs> is, um, it's a raw account of my journey through my marriage with my ex-husband. And finding myself through that marriage and realizing, you know, towards the end and ultimately when we divorced where I went wrong. And again, because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely built for impact. I wrote this book for every woman out there who's a high achiever, who's in a, you know, a corporate setting or an entrepreneurial setting, and she's working her butt off to grow her name, her brand, her identity. Um, but she's got this spouse at home and she doesn't want to lose that person. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to lose that person, then my book is the book you read because I will share with you every mistake I made and how I would have done it differently. And uh, I, I've had great reviews so far, and um, I'm actually writing my second book, too, right yeah. now. And when will that be launched? Is that Ooh, the book is supposed to come out in September. It's called Peace, Love, and Grit. Mm, love it. And you should also tell people that you have, it's called the Be the Balance Retreat. You have it in October. And I do. Yeah. So uh, the balance retreat is well, is and was. How do I how do I frame this right now? We're yes. living through a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Um, but the balance retreat is a one day typical live event that I host for um, women in the community, um, leaders and everyone afar to come and 
learn to put the mask on themselves first. So we basically take the life wheel and all the different components of your life, you know, your career, your finances, your mental health, your relationships, and we bring in expert speakers to speak to those specific topics. And it's all about leveling up your personal development so that you can go back into your community, into your career, into your family uh, with a new, you know, invigorated mm. momentum uh, and do awesome and wild things. Uh, this year, However, we'll probably be pivoting, so there'll be news on that over the next coming weeks. Um, but it's an awesome event. Yeah. So I said at the beginning that you were this whippersnapper person that I remember meeting back in your 20s, and you're still like that. Only I can't call you whippersnapper anymore. It's like driven, determined, passionate woman. So this I'll is... still take whippersnapper. Whipper, <laughs> I can't even say it. Whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. Kind of like I still like getting carded at like the liquor store. Like, call me a whippersnapper. I like and, it. And, it and I feel young. I'm sounding like a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a. I have a little rapid fire questions. You want to play? <laughs> yeah, I love this. To end the conversation, um, what is your superpower? Do you think? Oh, oh, you say rapid fire and then I have to think. This That's is crazy. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I think my superpower is seeing in people what they don't see in themselves. Mm. Yeah. What has become abundantly clear to you? That life is what you make it. And what point does, blank. What does the world need most? Oh, that's easy. That's kindness. Mm. I asked you to um, give me one of your favorite quotes to end the episode. So do you have one? I do. So it's be uh, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Mm. And, you know, I just think that's at the end of the day, if you want a better relationship, if you want the world to be a kinder place, uh, it all starts with you. You need to show up and stop waiting for somebody else to give you all the answers. Stop waiting for your partner to be an awesome spouse. How about you be an awesome spouse? You know, mm. it, it all starts with you at the end of the day. Be the change that you wish to see in the world. Mm. This has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much, Dana. It's been a hoot. Yeah. It's been lots of fun, and uh, I appreciate you. Mm. Thank you, Terri-Ann. Thank you. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.